Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to First Strike here on Visa, and I'm your host, Dave Ross. For the next hour, we're going to break down UFC 284. We got not one, but two title bouts on tap this weekend. And we're going to try to get you these picks earlier, so you really have time to deep dive into this card. Should be a really good one. Lou Finicaro is standing by. Jordan Sherwood is going to come to us from Chicago. Dan Vreeland and Reed Kuhn to round out the hour of our experts. But without further ado let's get to the man that you can follow on twitter as i do at gamble the host of the about business podcast he is lou finicaro lou it's, it's so intriguing now as we look at these fights here on tuesday as we get ready for saturday night in the main event when you have now that kind of mythical pound for pound title this is for the light heavyweight championship of the world of course as alexander volkanovsky goes up 10 pounds from 145 to 55 to take on islam makachev but how do you handicap it now when you've got a guy leaving a division? We've seen Connor do this as a two-time champion. And what Volkanovski uh, uh, is going to try to do here on Saturday night, how difficult is it to handicap when a guy is going out of his weight class? Well, first of all, Dave, thank you so much for having me on this afternoon. Uh, I think it can be difficult if we look at past trends. Uh, really, the success rate of fighters moving up is somewhat dubious. They have to get used to a whole different skill set as well, uh, size of opponent. They're able to take shots better as well deliver more powerful shots. So the success has not been overly uh, received for the smaller or the lighter weight man moving up. However, I think there's some compelling reasons to think that in this particular case, these two guys fighting for what you call a mythical title, it's designed to create hype, yes, but we're really getting two guys in their prime, and I think the fight sets up to be well more competitive than the price indicates. Yeah, this is certainly what Dana White, you know, he calls this a super fight here again, pound for pound rankings in the world uh, up for grabs here. Volk, it feels like just hasn't lost in forever going up against a guy in Makachev that feels like a wrecking machine at, here at 155 pounds. So you can understand why he's over a $3 betting favorite uh, here in, in Islam. But what do you make of Volk now? Because we know he's kind of had that weird body type, right? Where, yes, he's going to be the smaller man inside that octagon. Even though the weight might be the same, he's still going to be a smaller man. But he has those long arms. So it's not necessarily the same type of disadvantage you would see. I assume that Makachev is going to want to strike and see if he's got any advantages there and maybe take it to the ground. What style of fight do you see in this mythical pound-for-pound battle? Well, Volkanovski's got the bigger reach because he's the wider V-chested man. It's mm -hmm. not that his arms are longer. It's that from end to end, he's got an inch. Makachev's a little skinnier guy, at least <laughs> from shoulder blade to shoulder blade. Uh, Makachev's been talking about wanting to use his striking, and he feels he can knock out Volkanovski. I think that is... Uh, coupled with the fact that he's traveling, coupled with the fact that Khabib is not there, that, that's the first potential straying of focus from what he should be doing, which is grappling and his expertise. And, and don't get me wrong, he's a refined, capable striker. Uh, but to go into this wanting to strike with Volkanovski, the quicker man, the man with better footwork, 
I think is a dubious idea as well. Let's understand Volkanovski is a young man playing championship rugby at 205 pounds. Mm. It, it's been his will and focus for him to be able to get to 145. I anticipate Volkanovski is going to be a monster at 55, plenty strong, the short uh, fire hydrant statuesque, tough, no net fighter across from Makachev, I think is going to pose tremendous problems, not only getting him down, but keeping him down. And I think there's a number of reasons to like Volkanovski here, even though we have to recognize Makachev is the bigger man, the stronger man, and the more uh, capable grappler. Uh, fascinating. Yeah. Ask Brian Ortega about that neck. He couldn't quite get it uh, in two attempts to get Volk out of there at 145 pounds. And, and now again, you look at the total here, three and a half right now over minus a dollar five, the under slightly juiced at minus a dollar 25. So again, because, you know, Islam has said, Hey, I, I want to try to get Volk out of there with punches. You see the KOTKO DQ prop is, is four to one, which is interesting for a guy now is a big over $3 betting favorite. I'm with you. I understand your lean towards Volkanovski here as a live dog at plus three dollars. But if you were to back the favorite, how would you go about shortening that price tag if you don't want to lay over three dollars? Would you look at the prop market here by decisions two to one submission plus a dollar fifty? Islam says he's going to knock him out. That would be four to one. Uh, if you're giving me that choice, I would look at Islam via decision. Mm -hmm. I, be I believe this sails well over the three and a half rounds. Again, that that's a that's another taint towards Volkanovski. Uh, here's what I draw my attention to: Who has Islam fought in the last four or five fights that compares in skill set to Volkanovski? Also, let's look at uh, Makachev's fight against the debuting Armin Sarukin. Why do I bring up Sarukin? He's the exact same kind of fighter as Volkanovski, and that was a split decision in Sarukian's debut fight. Uh, this is for those people that are playing the automatic Makachev parlay. I'd tell you to hesitate or hasten very slowly. Yes, I think that is wise advice out, out there, everybody that just thinks that Makachev is going to roll through because you see the big price tag and want to throw those in parlays. Probably not something that we would advise here on first strike. Let's get to the co-main here. This is interesting, obviously, with Volkanovski leaving to go up to 155 pounds. So you go back to the 45ers here, Yair Rodriguez. A very, it should be a very exciting fight, you would think, uh, certainly against Josh Emmett here. And he's a small favorite, not a, not a massive favorite here in this potential five-round matchup at the co-main. What do you make of this stylistic matchup? Because you know Yair is just crazy. You don't know with the kicks and the volume and the striking. It's very unorthodox. Unorthodox, flamboyant. He comes at you from every angle, and he's an improving fighter. Uh, that said, we saw the blueprint for beating Yair Rodriguez, and that's taking him down like Frankie Edgar did and smearing him all over the mat. <laughs> Emmett has the wrestling to be, in, to in fact, be able to do that. Will he do that? This wrestler thing where they start to fall in love with their hands is a cancer. We just talked about it with Makachev, and Emmett's already under the uh, spell of thinking he's really a striker. And if he stays on his feet and makes this a striking battle, he's fighting Yair's battle. Yair will have the defter footwork, have the longer rangier body type, will use the space, the, the bigger cage more, and he should pick and pack Emmett apart. Emmett has to close the distance, clasp onto him, take him onto the ground, and smear him all over the mat. Will he do it? We'll wait and see. It's fascinating because, again, when you look at the height, right, you've got a five-inch reach advantage here for Yair Rodriguez, but yet the reach is just one inch. Shows you those long arms, again, that we're kind of talking about with Volkanovski and that wide frame that Volk has. Uh, if you're Emmett, is there a fool's goal? Because you still have a five-inch uh, height disadvantage, even though the, the, the reach is almost identical here, to think that you can utilize that boxing. Because I'm with you. The only pathway I see would be for Emmett to drag this out on the mat, and that's where the over can come into play here. It is four and a half rounds here for this potential five-round matchup. 
Yeah, I see this. I actually see Emmett going the uh, the other way. Normally, it's let's wrestle and tire him out and then strike. I see him maybe striking with Yair for a round or two, and then after Yair loses a little steam, maybe that's the time when Emmett needs to take him down and take advantage of him. I definitely like the over in the fight, and I think that Emmett will employ his wrestling. Uh, he comes from a wrestling gym at Alpha Male. You know, you know he's getting plenty of it in the ear. Mm. Uh, he ha- he hasn't used much of it, but I believe Cater in his last fight displayed much better takedown defense than what we may see in Yari Rodriguez this week. Right now, uh, minus a dollar 65, juiced heavily to the over four and a half. If you think it's going to go to the decision, but don't want to pick a winner, it's the same number, minus a dollar 65. So it's kind of telling you, uh, expecting this one potentially to go to the scorecards. And we all know when it goes to the cards, uh, depending on which side, Hold your breath, because we don't know how that's going to play out. I do want to get to a couple other fights here in the remaining time we have, Lou. Uh, Jack Della Maddalena against uh, the rude boy, Randy Brown. This is an intriguing matchup to me. Maddalena feels like the guy that's, you know, now he is uh, the cat's meow in the UFC. But, boy, what a big, big big price tag here. Minus 320, I'm seeing, with the rude boy, plus 265. I get it. He's only 26. Randy's been in there with some stiffer competition. What do you make of this variance here, plus 265 versus minus 320? Randy Brown's four inches taller. He's 32. He's not old, though. He's five years the older man. He's going to have a five-inch reach advantage arms, four-inch reach advantage legs. Madalena accepts 4.2 significant strikes a minute, and he's fought no one. Uh, listen, this price, this fight's mispriced. Mm-hmm. Simple, simple as that. Randy Brown uh, is coming in with a chip. This is a huge step up for De La Madalena. Consider Randy Brown live. Uh, you know, I always say that I like when our experts here on First Strike kind of go with where I'm going. Makes me feel better about it. I'm, I'm right with you. I thought this was way too uh, overpriced here for Madalena at minus 320. Uh, we've got a minute to go before we get to the Bout Business Podcast. Give me another fight in this card that as we talk here on Tuesday uh, with a couple days to, before we get to the weigh-ins that you think you might see some real value on. Not only value, but if you want to see one of the best fights of the year, and I'm talking we're only in February, it's Kulibau and Melsik Bagdasarian. Mm-hmm. Uh, it should be an unbelievable fight. Now, Kulibau, the Aussie, actually New Zealander, he's going to be fighting at home. He's taller, longer, faster, been more active. Uh, Melsic gets a lot of credit, but he hasn't been in with the same caliber opponent, nor does he have the experience. This fight is lined right as a pick'em. I released Kulabau on the podcast two weeks ago, plus 130. It's now pick. Kulabau at a pick'em is a go. I'll release it now as an official release, but don't wait any longer and let him get to 120 or 130. I'm already starting to see those pop up, Lou, so people must have been picking up what you're putting down. Uh, very quickly, about 20 seconds, the Bout Business Podcast. What do the people get? Weigh-ins are late Friday, so they're going to get final results on all my fights. Dave. Thanks for having me on, and good luck, everyone. Appreciate you, as always. Lou Finnecare, I'll give him a follow, at GamLou. Coming back, going to Chicago, Jordan Sherwood next here on First Strike. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. 
From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving you plenty of ways to bet the UFC. Just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. You'll be able to bet on more than just the main event. DraftKings has great odds on fight lines, total rounds, and futures for all MMA events. Elsewhere, restrictions to apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for the full terms and conditions. Rolling on this two-title fight edition of First Strike here on VEASAN. Going out to the great city of Chicago, Jordan Sherwood is standing by there. Follow him on Twitter as I do, at Wood on ESPN 1000, and the host of the unnamed MMA podcast. Jordan, good-looking jacket you got rocking today. I do want to get to these picks because this is the first time for us moving our show here for the full hour to a Tuesday before we get to that Saturday. You know, you look at the numbers in the main event for Islam Makachev uh, against uh, Alexander Volkanovsky, and I think for some they go, well... I get it. He's over a $3 betting favorite. He's the naturally bigger guy. You're coming up to my weight class. Does this feel mispriced to you? Or do you think that this is uh, properly minus 365 for Islam as the big favorite here in at the lightweight division? I mean, I think when you talk about the former, you're talking about a guy going up in weight. So naturally, as you just alluded to, Makachev's going to be the bigger fighter. Uh, he's the champion and he's, you know, getting challenged in the weight class that he's the champion in. And we've seen him dominate just everybody that's put in put in front of him. Yes, it makes sense. But to your point, Alexander Volkanovsky is pound for pound, like number one in the rankings. Like he's considered to be the best fighter currently on the planet. And you couple that with like diving into the, into the analytics of this fight. This is the first time that Makachev will be facing a, a grappler, maybe not to the level of, uh, of his uh, background, mm-hmm. but certainly the best high level grappler he's ever been in there with. Plus, it's in Volkanovski's bat, you know, hometown, or he's got the home countrymen that are going to be rooting for him. Uh, and, and plus, the fact too, like the, the guy, even though he is at featherweight, naturally is a, a bigger featherweight. I mean, yeah, we talk about he used to be at rugby at heavyweight, but still, his 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 body type, I don't think, lends uh, the availability for Magachev to dominate like he normally does from a grappling standpoint. So I think it's severely overpriced when you couple that all together, especially early in the week. I'm with you. It, it feels like we talked about it with Lou Finnecaro in the previous segment here. We'll see if all of our experts align on that, but it does feel like to be a little bit mispriced here at 3-1 to one for Volk. But w- what's the pathway? Like, we heard Makachev said, I want to strike. I think I can knock out Alexander Volkanovsky. Okay, interesting, because Volk actually has the longer reach here, 71.5 against 70.5 here, for a guy that's got a 5-inch uh, height disadvantage. But the body types are still closer, at least with that reach. What's the pathway for Volk? Do you think it is straight wrestling? And you think he should avoid having a, a, a boxing match here with Makachev? Uh, no, I, I, I don't agree with that. I think if Makachev's going to be the superior fighter if he's able to get this fight uh, to the ground, because you also have to remember that the, the grappling that, that Makachev brings is, is severely different. It, it's Habib 2.0, and mm-hmm. no one really saw what Habib brought to the octagon when he was doing what he did to every single buddy in the, in the lightweight division. So I think actually Volkanovski is going to have to keep this fight standing and, and utilize his ever evolving striking. Cause you know, we've seen him it been in their best to get the best of, of Max Holloway. Like Max Holloway is a superior striker. Uh, one of the best we've ever seen And Volkanovski had his number not only once, but multiple times. So I, I think, yeah, Volkanovski is going to want to lean on that back foot a little bit, prevent the takedown, but utilize this, the striking that he's showcased time after time again in the octagon. I just wonder, too, if somehow, you know, this is Islam's way of saying, yeah, yeah, yeah I'll strike with you. Nah, I'm really not going to strike with you. So we'll find out what the actual recipe is for both these guys when we get to Saturday night. I do want to go down this card a little bit. I know you have some leans here on a Tuesday that you might like. Let's get to the big boys here. Uh, Parker Porter against Justin Taffa. Right now, Taffa, small favorite, minus $1.25. Uh, Porter right now, plus $1.05. What do you make of this one here? Both these guys, big gentlemen, over 260 pounds each. Here's the result. Either Justin Taffa is going to win in round one via knockout or Parker Porter is going to win via decision. I think, it's a, I think it is as simple as, as that. Uh, you know, Taffa really only needs to connect one time. We, 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 we've seen him do that before inside the octagon. 
uh, and it's quick finish. But but Parker Porter's kind of you know sly at times. We've we've seen him utilize and get into some ugly heavyweight battles. And and I think Parker Porter's just been in there with better competition, has familiarized himself with going up against a you know a guy that's got knockout power like Tafa. So I, I really think that the the smarter play is Parker Porter. Uh, you know at plus money, and it's a virtual pick. Maybe Tafa's a little bit favored because he's got that KO power because he's you know, fighting in front of his home countrymen. But I, I think a smart play would be to invest in Porter. He's a guy that's been in there with some other strikers before and hasn't been put away as quickly as Top is going to want to do. And Parker Porter's got more ways to win the fight. I think he can rely on some wrestling, rely on some dirty boxing. The Top is going to make him uncomfortable in the octagon. You, you see here for this uh, potential three-round matchup here, the under-juice right now, two and a half to $1.50. It's not terribly juiced. I mean, you don't want to normally lay those type of price tags here, but it does feel like, is there a potential, the over plus $1.20, could we see some zombie-like action and this one somehow gets to the cards, which would be plus $1.50 if you think the fight can go all three? Well, if you think the fight's going to go all three, then then without a doubt, you also then invest in Parker, Parker, Parker Porter. Yep. Because I don't think Justin Thomas is going to be a guy that's going to win over three rounds convincingly. He's going to have to get in there and get out of there early. But look at what we saw Porter do against Boudot, Sherman, Parisian, you know, low-level heavyweights like Justin Taffa, and he and he wins via decision, grinding out, just outpointing his opponent. Uh, I, I don't think he's going to be intimidated by the atmosphere. He's going to go in there and do what he does, dirty up a fight, make it ugly, and, and try and get his hand raised on his, on the scorecard. Yeah, plus 350 here if you think Porter can get it done via decision, uh, plus $4 if Taffa can go all three and get the judges to see it his way. Let's get to Jimmy Crute, Alonzo Menefield here, because uh, this should be a very interesting matchup here. Certainly these guys like to stand and trade and, and bang a little bit here, big boys at 205. I think you think this one might be a quick night? I, I do. I think we're getting a finish by one or the other. I'm not leaning, you know, whether it be Crute or Menefield's side just yet. I mean, I don't think we know who Jimmy Crute is. You know, he burst on the scene when he first did five of his first six in the UFC, all of them finishes. Now he's lost two, and albeit he lost to, you know, the, the top of the heap, the champ in J- Jamel Hill. Mm-hmm. Uh, he lost to Anthony Smith. So um, what, all we know is, is this. Crute fights don't go the distance. 12 fights of his, of, of his 15, have not gone the distance. Uh, you know, Menafield built like a tank. Yeah, he's 11 years older, but he's got heavy hands that have frustrated Jimmy Crute before. So I think the safest play right now, you know, under two and a half, gets juiced really heavily, 225 I saw. Uh, so, you know, maybe even under a round and a half, I think could certainly be in play. Both of these guys are going to look for the knockout early, get a quick finish. So I think that's the safest play between these two light heavyweights. Yeah, under right now for a round and a half here is minus $1.20 to your point there, Jordan. So if you don't want to take the quote-unquote safer route of two and a half, laying the bigger number, you can uh, cut that down here, go under a round and a half at minus $1.20. Let's look at Tyson Pedro, uh, Modestas, uh, Bukakas here. And you look at Bukakas, he is right now, I'm seeing a plus, uh, about two to one here, dog here against Tyson Pedro. Pedro minus 240. What's your lean here? Could we see an upset possibly? I think we can. I think it was an unceremonious uh, dis- dismissal from uh, the UFC for Budaskis, you know, after he got, he lost to Khalil Lountry in one of the sickest, uh, what was it? A uh, calf kicks Man. That we've seen. Yeah, it was, it was a, don't go, just don't go watch that. No, don't, don't, don't look that. at it. Don't need to see it again. <laughs> just trust in the fact that this is a guy that's got power in both of his hands, very strong kickboxing, did what he was supposed to do. Went back to the regional scene, won two fights in a row at Cage Warriors, which was a renowned European organization, and got his opportunity to come back and, and take this fight on short notice. And Tyson Pedro burst onto the scene mm-hmm. uh, early on in his UFC career. He's got a lineage, you know, Taitu Ivasa, uh, I think is his brother-in-law, but you know, then he fell in some hard times and injuries prevented him from getting back to the Akon. Finally, he did last year, two wins, but two wins against guys that aren't in the UFC and aren't UFC caliber. Uh, I, I think we get a finish in this fight. I think uh, Bukowska certainly can knock out Tyson Pedro, or if Tyson Pedro's smart, he relies back to his his grappling acumen, his Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and gets his fight to the ground. So small lean on Bukowska's because I do think Pedro wants nothing to do with the stand-up, but finish for sure happening in this light heavyweight fight as well. Wow. So again, maybe look to the under there because as you allude to, Jordan, do not think this one's going to go to the judges' scorecards here uh, for all three. Only have about 90 seconds to go here on a Tuesday, Jordan. Give me another fight that you think there's really good value that you see here before those numbers are going to change later on this week. Look, I, I still think Josh Emmett is a live dog in the Ooh. co-main event. I mean, he's got power. He's 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 knocked down opponents. And yeah, Rodriguez is elusive. He's got versatility in striking. But I think the one thing that he's got uh, in his hip pocket 
is the wrestling. Josh Emmett can get this fight to the ground, steal some rounds against Yair Rodriguez. Look, we saw him steal rounds against Calvin Cater. It was controversial, but who got their hand raised after they fought? It was Josh Emmett. So yep. I like Josh Emmett uh, with the power striking, the power strikes. Similar also what we saw with the Holly Holm fight where she lost that fight. She had more strikes, but she, uh, I forgot her opponent, but she, that the opponent landed more strikes. So Emmett, some more fashion, live dog for sure in the co-main event. Yeah, it's a great point, right? Because we know that Yair Rodriguez, if it's a points battle, he's going to win that, right, for volume. But now the judging in MMA, they're going to look to that power, and that's why Emmett got his hand raised. Great point against Calvin Cater. Could be a similar situation uh, here as well. 30 seconds, tell the people about the unnamed MMA pod. Yeah, we're going to uh, debut it tomorrow. Me and Adam Adal will break down all the fights. We'll go over each one of our picks in the main card. We try and give you the advantages just like we do uh, here uh, on First Strike, and it'll drop tomorrow wherever uh, podcasts are available. And it was Ketlin Vieira. I had to think of her Ketlin name. Vieira. It was Ketlin Vieira that stole the, ma- stole the fight against Holly Holm because she had the significant strike. By the way, that is a sweet picture of sweetness behind you as well. There oh, he yeah. is, everybody. Jordan yeah. Sherwood from the great city of Chicago. Going to catch up with Dan Breeland next. It's First Strike here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Gotta get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Start your mornings with VEASAN's newest podcast, VEASAN Daily Morning Bets. Josh Applebaum is going to get you ready and get you everything you need to know for the day's biggest games in just 15 minutes. He discusses line movements, injuries, what you need to be looking for before you make those wagers. So make the VEASAN Daily Morning Bets podcast part of your morning routine. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Gambling is legal in Massachusetts, where Josh comes to us each and every morning. So check out Morning Bets here on the network. Another East Coaster joins us right now, Dan Vreeland. Of course, he's a writer at Cage Side Press uh, podcast, uh, Cage Side Press, Top Turtle MMA, and SGPN MMA. Dan Vreeland, you are a busy man, my friend. I mentioned we had the late one out here in Vegas over the weekend. East Coast, did you make it all the way to 3 a.m.? And if so, did you have coffee at midnight? I did make it through the whole thing. I didn't have coffee at midnight. Uh, I just... I don't know what kept me up. Uh, maybe it was maybe it was the pizza. Maybe it was you know too many toppings. But regardless, I I made it to the end uh, for better or worse. I don't think that uh, UFC 284 is going to be too taxing for you this time around uh, when we get to Saturday night. But Dan, we do like to kind of go through some of the fights uh, that we have not mentioned predominantly. We'll get to your thoughts on the main event and the co-main event, certainly with the title bats. But when you look at the undercards here on a Tuesday, maybe even the prelims. Are there, is there a fight or two that you've already identified that you think right now, before those numbers change, that maybe you found some value on? 
Yeah, there's a couple of underdogs on the prelims that I like because, you know, I I was looking through it with a couple of late replacements, guys Mm -hmm. like, you know, Elvis Brenner coming in there to fight Zabira Tugov. There's just really not a lot of value. The the books know Tugov's going to absolutely wreck him there. And and there's another one with Jamie Malarkey that I'm, you know, I don't find any real interest in either because that's, again, a late replacement fighter and you just can't hold the candle to him. But there's a couple of guys who are regularly scheduled here that I do actually like a lot. I I like Blake Builder against Shane Young. He's a plus... You know, he, he's been off at just barely over even right now. Um, and, and there's lots of reasons to like him coming off the contender series. He was a guy who put in a lot of work into his wrestling, does a really good job in the grappling department. And while people know the name Shane Young, he's been around for a while. He actually hasn't shown all that much in terms of grappling defense. And, and I think B- Builder has got a little bit more of the pace for him, too. So I, I like Blake Builder in that early spot. And another one I really like, again, coming off contender series, I like Shannon Ross uh, in his spot against Clayton Rodriguez. He's a massive underdog in this fight. I'm seeing him at almost three bucks uh, in certain spots. And the reason I really like him is, again, I think people are underestimating how good his wrestling is. He looked awful on the Contender Series against Venezia Salvador. And come to find out later, the dude had an appendix that was damn near about to burst. So (laughs) who would look good in a fight like that? You go before that, he has fought some really high-level competition in Australia. He's going to get the home fight here. And in a fight against Donovan Freelo, way back when, he showed he's a really talented wrestler. Uh, and I think he hasn't gotten to show it enough. So I think there's a good chance here that he just kind of takes it to Clayton Rodriguez, who had a lot of trouble with CJ Vergara on top of him. So uh, those are two spots where I'm looking to you know, kind of wrestlers who I think are being undervalued here as underdogs. Yeah, against Shannon Ross, no relation, but plus 265 here uh, for a juicy plus price there. And you mentioned uh, Builder right now, plus $1.15. So some early spots here. We'll see if those numbers change before we get to, to fight day on Saturday. But right now, those are looking like uh, two pretty good spots there to potentially pick on here on a Tuesday. When you look at a fight like like Jimmy Crew, because I, I like it's going to be an interesting fight. We think it's going to be a firefight against Alonzo Menafield here. Crude is almost a two-to-one betting favorite. Do you think that that number is priced accordingly, or do you think maybe there's some value here on the underdog and Menafield at plus a dollar sixty? You know, I I think it's priced about accordingly. Like if Jimmy Crute comes out and is the Jimmy Crute we remember, mm-hmm. um, and the Jimmy Crute who submitted Paul Craig, I think so many people forget this dude submitted Paul Craig. Yeah. If he comes out with that game plan that I'm going to take down Alonzo Menafield, I'm going to wear him out, and I'm going to beat him in the grappling department. I think minus 205 makes perfect sense. Like, I don't think Alonzo Menafield's got a really great chance at defending the takedowns and dealing with the takedown game of Jimmy Crew. If he does decide to go in there and box, who knows what could happen? I mean, we saw him get knocked out really quick by Jamal Hill. We know Alonzo Menafield's got that power. I think he's going to go to the wrestling, though. And, and at the bottom line is, is, I think people forget how good Jimmy Crew is, not just at jujitsu, but at wrestling in general. The guy had one foot and he took down. Anthony Smith multiple times. Right. So like, I, I think the likelihood of him getting Alonzo Menafield down more than once, I, I think it's pretty high. And I think you're going to see the grappling department come into play. If you're looking to find a way to make it maybe look a little bit more enticing than negative two Oh five. I think the submission prop right now is, I think I saw it right around plus two fifty early in the week here. So I really think the likelihood of him winning that way is probably pretty high. And great point, Dan, because look at the numbers here for the prop market. If you don't want to lay almost the $2 on Jimmy Crude, KOTK or, or DQ is plus 215. But look at the sub, plus 225. So I think it's, it's kind of something like you, you look at, say, Patty Pimblett fights sometimes, where you think, all right, he's going to use his hands, but then he kind of uses the hands to get you down to the ground and then look for the sub. So that could be a, a, certainly a plausible scenario here, right, where two firefights here, start off with the hands, maybe you hurt Menafield, get him down to the ground, and then look to sink in something here at plus 225? Yeah, and I, I actually think you might see him go with a grappling first game plan because mm. Alonzo Menafield is 20 times more dangerous with his hands than he is on the ground. Right. right? Like, he's not going to sub you off of his back. If Jimmy Crute goes in with that game plan that I'm going to take it to him and you know, Lonzo Menafield, not the best gas tank in the world. If he brings that kind of game plan, he's got two positives. He could either wear him out or he could wind up on the ground where Menafield's not all that dangerous. So, yeah, like I really see a path to him to get in that submission. Yeah, it seems like that would be a good way to, uh, to for a value play instead of laying the two dollars. Look for the sub there, plus 225. Talked a little bit about the big boys earlier in the show, but I want to get your thoughts here when you look at Justin Taffa uh, taking on Parker Porter. And again, maybe these are not two of the best heavyweights, at least when you look at the rankings, right? So 
what style do you think we're going to see with these heavies? Because with, with Parker, sometimes he can elongate fights. Because you think big boys, one punch, knockout power, maybe you want to look to the under of one and a half. But he's also been able to go the cards and win some decisions here. What do you make of this fight here? Porter right now, plus a dollar five. You know, I was actually just talking to a friend earlier today about how much I love the over one and a half yes. in this fight. Uh, because, like, you're right. Parker Porter, we see heavyweight. We see Justin Toppa, who's a big kickboxer. But but Parker Porter is incredibly durable. I mean, the only two people who have gotten him out of there are Jelton Almeida, who we now know is one of the biggest killers in the heavyweight division, and Chris Dawkins, who has incredible power in his hands. So, you know, I, I really think the likelihood that this fight gets over a round and a half and maybe even over two and a half rounds is pretty high. I think Parker Porter is going to go in there. And first of all, he's an extremely safe kickboxer. He's a guy who doesn't like to, you know, stretch himself out. He doesn't like to overextend on right. some of his punches. He likes to stay safe. I think we're going to see him do that, especially respecting the power of Tapa. And it really wouldn't surprise me to see him get back to his roots, which for those who don't know, the guy used to grapple all the time. When he was on the regional circuit in the Northeast, the guy loved taking people down. He's got some Kimura finishes on his record. Like I, I could totally see him thinking like, look, I, I don't want to box with Justin Tafa down in Australia, <laughs> why, why not take him down? So, and if he does that, the over just looks all that much easier to hit. Again, uh, plus $1.20 right now for over two and a half. If you don't want to pick a winner, you think it hits the cards, plus $1.50 could be some value. I know it seems counterintuitive for people watching and listening here when you think of heavyweights, but Parker Porter is not your typical heavyweight that's just going to go for broke here in that first round, uh, to your point. Uh, let's talk about another one again with the local flavor. You understand why maybe these are juiced and priced the way they are. But when you look at, say, Jack Della uh, Madalena here, a over $3 betting favorite against Randy Brown. So, yeah, he's going to have the crowd with him, but they can't fight once you lock the, that door shut in the octagon. Do you think that that's a little bit uh, a bit of a slap in the face to the rude boy? I actually think this is priced fairly accordingly. Uh, you're probably not going to find a bigger Jack Della Maddalena fan out there than me. Um, I, I think the problem is, is I've seen Randy Brown fight a guy who, who I think does everything just slightly worse uh, than Jack Della Maddalena in Chaos Williams, mm. right? Chaos Williams, big puncher, uh, likes to get in and out with his kickboxing, throws hooks really effectively, works the body really effectively. And in that fight, you know, he didn't wind up winning against Randy Brown, but he knocked him down and damn near got him out of there in the third round. And for me, Jack Delamantle is faster. He controls distance better. I think he hits harder than Chaos Williams. Like, I think he just does everything Chaos Williams does a little bit better. I, I don't really see an avenue to Randy Brown wrestling him. Like, I, I haven't seen enough out of, you know, Jack Delamantle to think he's got issues with his wrestling. So, yeah, I, I think... $3 is probably right around where you should see it. Hmm. Um, if that creeps up more, you know, like I, I, I totally understand, but yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm all in on Jack Della Maddalena. When we go uh, JDM, that's when we know he's really arrived <laughs> and gone to the next level. Uh, very quickly, about 30 seconds ago, just got to get your thoughts on the main event here uh, in this pound for pound matchup here at 155 pounds. What do you make of Volk here as the $3 betting underdog? There's one I think is not priced accordingly. Look, I, I think Islam Makashev, if you tell me, you know, gun to my head, I got to make a pick on this one. I'm going to pick Islam Makashev. He's bigger. He's got the wrestling. But Volkanovsky has got way better than a three to one chance in this fight. He, he's got the hands. He, he's extremely hard to hold down. He's extremely hard to submit. So, hey, if I'm looking for a way to make this fight a little bit more fun, you might just sprinkle a little on uh, Volkanovsky. All right, more coffee for Dan on Saturday, but it shouldn't have to stay up as late as he did this past weekend. Appreciate it. Give him a follow at Gumby Breland as I do. Dan, appreciate your thoughts as always. When we come back, going to Washington, D.C., Reed Kuhn up next here on First Strike on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. 
Gotta get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This edition of First Strike here on Vison Dave Ross in Las Vegas. Always a pleasure to be joined by Reed Kuhn in Washington, D.C. You can follow him on Twitter as I do at Fightnomics. He is the author of a book of the same title, Fightnomics. Reed, before we get to this uh, big time card here for UFC 284, how early in the week do you start preparing for the fight night menu? Uh, do you already have it mapped out or is it something that kind of pops up as the week goes along? The, I'd start preparing for the fights to get those out of the way before I can really have peace of mind to think about the menu. Sometimes it's a late, you know, fight day call, uh, but I have not thought about Saturday yet. Because your menus on, if you're not following Reed, I don't know what you're doing wrong, people. Check him out on Twitter. The menus look absolutely amazing each and every week. I am fascinated too when you when you're putting those numbers in Reed and you try to figure out a guy going up and wait. We've talked this uh, about this a lot here in First Strike uh, through the last year and year plus. So you got a guy in Volk who feels like he hasn't lost in forever, who's going to go up and wait here, leave his belt at 145, and go try to take Islam Makachev's at 155 here in the main event. Just from a, from a computing standpoint here, how does that factor in when you have weight changes like this? Yeah, so the models don't technically account for the weight class switch, but when you run the models and you're saying, I have a lean this way or a lean that way, you take a step back and you say, which guy am I picking? Am I mm. picking the guy who's at an advantage or a disadvantage? And in this case, the favorite, Makachev, I think he's a worthy favorite. And the numbers do lean his way just purely from a numerical standpoint. And so I can take a step back and say, if anything, they're underestimating his ability because the numbers that Volkanovsky earned were against much smaller guys. He's never wrestled a natural lightweight or at least hasn't in a long time. And we're in a normal matchup. I might say Volkanovsky has a decent wrestling game. You know, he probably had that advantage over Holloway in all those fights. But now Makachev is a totally different animal, much bigger frame size that he's dealing with. So in this case, it, it's actually easy because I can say, oh, I'm leaning Makachev and the weight class, which actually helps me. If we're the other way, I would be a little bit cautious. I would say, whoa, wait a minute. The numbers are leaning Volkanovsky. Do I really believe that? Because he's going to have a much harder time handling that wrestling. It's fascinating, too. And again, with the exception, I say, uh, John Bones Jones, who, you know, I can historically think of saying, oh, what do you do, Daniel Cormier? You wrestle? Okay, I'll go ahead and wrestle you, right? I'll try to do what you do and fight at, at your strongest to prove that I'm the best. When you hear Makachev say, I want to knock out Alexander Volkanovsky, like that would negate the advantage that the number is going to show certainly with the wrestling, right? Cause that would, he would seem to have a, a clear advantage there. Does that worry at all for a guy that says, all right, I'm going to try to fall in love with a new discipline. Yeah. Thankfully they don't always do what they say they're going to do. <laughs> right. And that's helpful, helpful advice because people are talking all sorts of things pre fight. And sometimes that's intentionally misleading their opponent. Um, sometimes it's, it's honest, but you know, it's a wash. I can't really account for that. I don't know if he's uh, this is gamesmanship or anything else. Um, hopefully you would think that this guy's coaches would steer him in the right direction. There is a lot at stake here. I mean, this is, you know, losing his belt to a featherweight coming up in front of an Australian crowd. I mean, 
you're not going to take risks unnecessarily, hopefully. So that I'm going to throw out the window. I am hoping that he actually sticks to plan and he's going to be wrestling someone who is a little bit smaller than he's used to. And that works in our advantage. Yeah, absolutely. And I know that uh, historically, at least with your models, it seems to favor wrestlers, right? That's that's normally the way that this is going to play out. If, if Makachev does go to the ground and does wrestle, that normally leans towards an over. When you look at the numbers here, two and a half, do you think that that could play into the handicap here that potentially the numbers show this could be a longer night down under? Yeah, that's an interesting call because right now you can actually get a better price on the over two and a half than you can taking Makachev straight up. And I, I think that's a pretty smart play because, uh, you know, saying he's going to knock him out, whatever, um, saying if you look back, Makachev has actually made short work of people by submitting them. However, Volkanovsky does have a ground game. He was like a, a big time wrestler in Australia. He's not incompetent on the ground. And he has been in some tough spots. You know, we saw him nearly get choked by Brian Ortega. So he's been there before. He's a veteran. One of the things that improves with time is your submission game or the ability to not get submitted. So working on submission defense, I'm sure, has been a priority in this camp. And so just expecting him to last a little bit longer than the market might say, oh, hey, hey, this is a layup for Makashev. Don't assume the under for a second. I mean, he he might have to struggle to pin him down and really wear Volkanovski down under that extra weight before he gets a finish. So I I am looking very particularly at the two and a half because I see value there simply because it saves me money on having to lay out a pretty high price for Makachev straight up. What a great way to attack this fight. If you're leaning towards the favorite here, you don't want to lay that what a minus. 365. You can look at over two and a half right now is minus a dollar fifty-five. So cutting that more than in half. Uh, if you just want to show some respect there for Volkanovsky in the ground game here, I think it's an excellent way to handicap it here. And if you think it might go over three and a half, minus a dollar five. But I do like where your head's at there with the two and a half. Let's go to the co-main event here, Reed. Again, uh, Yair Rodriguez against Josh Emmett. And I know you've got a lot of numbers on these guys. They've been around uh, the block here. Emmett at thirty-seven, Yair at thirty, but he's been very active. What are the numbers showing here in this potential five-round matchup here for the featherweight crown? Yeah, plenty of data, first of all. Like you said, six hours of octagon time between these two guys. They've been around a while. Uh, so we know what we're going to get. And I think with Rodriguez, he's going to be the more technical striker. Uh, he's very diverse. He's crafty with his attacks. He has one of the most crazy knockouts we've ever seen over zombie. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's also going to be attacking the legs and the body a little bit more. Emmett much more one-dimensional, but he's very good at that one dimension, which is swinging for the fences. He doesn't really have a jab game. He swings big and he has more knockouts, uh, more knockdowns, excuse me, 11 knockdowns than all three other title fight contenders combined. That, that's saying something. Here's this little featherweight guy coming in <laughs> and he's racked up 11 knockdowns. So he hits hard and Rodriguez should know that. Thankfully, Rodriguez hasn't been that damaged. He's never been knocked down himself. He survives pretty well. Uh, his defense, a little soft. I mean, I would say it's actually below average, but we haven't seen him hurt, and we've seen him go head-to-head with some of these sluggers. So I like Rodriguez here, at least to win the rounds. I mean, there is a, there's definitely that lottery ticket of Emmett by crazy upset by knockout, but usually you want to go with something more reliable. Round in, round out, Rodriguez has been hurting people and doing well. And if you look back, even in the Ortega fight, uh, people thought he got lucky with an injury. But if you look back, he was winning that round. He was winning those exchanges. He was damaging Brian Ortega right up to that injury. And I love that because I think I was I think I was getting plus money on Rodriguez at that time. So um, I, I lean Rodriguez here. However, the price is appropriate. I, I, I'm waiting to see if it's going to wobble one way or the other based on fight week behavior, weigh-ins, et cetera. I don't know where it's going. So this is what I'm cautious on. Yeah, that's interesting, too, because, again, the over four and a half rounds here, because your point about Rodriguez, yes, he's hittable, but he never seems like he's actually in danger of being hurt. There is the lottery ticket that you pointed to, but it feels like it could be the Matador and the Bull scenario here where he's really, you know, keeping Emmett and, and trying to keep him off balance. The over is minus $1.65, four and a half, the same price tag for Yair to win the fight. Is there is there any value there? Do you think that those numbers, again, you're going to wait and see if they change as the week goes on? Yeah, that's interesting. Um, over four and a half minus 165, th- that's a tough one. Right. I, th- I think this that's probably well-priced here. I and mean, I think this is a situation where we know what we're getting with these guys. 
There isn't the confusion of a weight class switch and anything like that. I do think these are going to be close rounds. Now, a late finish, I want to be cautious because they're both going into championship rounds. They haven't been, you know, they have been in main events, but they haven't been in a lot of these. Um, I would I would probably lean the over, but you're also going to play, play, pay the juice there. So, I, you know, this is a tough one. I, I currently believe that the line is pretty well priced. I agree with Rodriguez as a favorite, but I'm also not willing to pay a lot for that price right, yeah. right now anyway. Yeah, it's amazing that you have the same amount of juice there, minus dollar 65, which is the same price tag here if you want to back Yair Rodriguez to get the win uh, in a potentially five-round championship matchup. Let's get to Jimmy Crute against Alonzo Minifield here again. I'm sure you got plenty of data on these guys. I think they say, which which is the real Jimmy Crute? He is 26, so not as much maybe here as the 35-year-old veteran and Menafield, what are the numbers showing you there? Well, a lot of finishing potential, first of all. Crute um, has been kind of crazy with his stats, like early finishes, although he also was finished early himself. Uh, Menafield more likely to go the over, so Menafield is a little bit more stable uh, at, ba- at baseline. But I see tons of advantages for Crute. And being so much younger and very powerful, even though he's very he go, he's you know brute force with his stand up striking and Manyfield probably has a technical advantage i'm hoping that because of the age difference and because of the power that Crute has that doesn't work against him he's a little sloppy but he's also so dangerous that i don't think Manyfield can really take advantage of that it's the ground game that i'm hoping for so second behind islam makashev in terms of ground control uh, on average in terms of a fight time Jimmy Crude is number two on this whole card. So if you're expecting someone to get this fight to the ground, it's Jimmy Crude, and he has submissions for days. And that could be where the mismatch is here. I like Crude, and I like inside the distance. Love that play. Hey, Reed, appreciate it. As always, enjoy the fights on Saturday night. We'll see you next week right here. First Strike on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in! Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it! Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.